welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Chris Brown. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. so refreshing to actually see people. It's, it's, it's a little challenging, um, you know, just preaching to the little black thing up the back there and hoping that someone's out there. We've been doing that for months and months. And um, uh, we trust, uh, you know, you've, you've enjoyed it as best we can. Uh, and we trust you enjoyed the series that we did on the life of Peter. Um, And we loved to study the Word and we really got into uh, that and tried to bring some truth out from the Bible and we love to do that, really bring life application, truth that God has in His Word. As I said, we love to study, Ruth and I uh, get into it, and and others that are preaching and teaching. We really treat this as a uh, privilege, a platform that we don't take lightly. Um, But, you know, and and if you missed any of those messages... um, then they're all on podcast um, and, and they're worth listening to. But, you know, today I really just want to share um, from the heart and I really believe from God's heart. Um, I don't have a detailed message. I've got some little rough notes and a couple of scriptures, but um, I just sense God, you know, in this season, it's, you, the Bible talks about a new day and, and, it, and it's a can be a bit of a cliche but it really is because we've had this worldwide pandemic and change all over the world in all different sectors uh, and it's created a lot of emotion a lot of concern uh, for people but I really believe God wants us as his church not just here locally but around the world to focus on some important truths to re-establish some seriously good important stuff um, and I want to look at a scripture that um, leads to that, and it's in Genesis 28. And I think uh, Sarah has got this for us. This is Jacob, and as you may know, who knows that Led Zeppelin's a Christian band? You didn't know that they actually, you know, Stairway to Heaven, one of, if not the greatest rock song of all time, certainly up there in all the charts, you know, classic 70s rock. Stairway to Heaven is really just a biblical musical exegesis of this passage you're about to read. Okay, I may be just extrapolating a little too much. Anyway, this is the Stairway to Heaven passage where Jacob uh, has this encounter with God and he sees stairs going up uh, to heaven. And when he awoke from this this vision that he had in his sleep, he says this. It says, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place and I was not aware of it. And then read the next verse. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. How awesome is this place? Just think about that for a second because, you know, places um, are real things and they're important. And, we, and we've, we're in a place here now at 101, but for a long time we haven't been in the same place. And businesses know this has been a challenge. Relationships, family, we've all been on screens. People are on, you know, Microsoft Teams and Facebook and Zoom meetings. And, and, it's, 
and people are, you know, doing their best, you know, they've got their business shirt on, but of course underneath the desk it's just the boxes and the Ugg boots, you know, and they're trying to do business, and, and but it's not the same as being in the same place. There's something about a place, physically, a place. Um, and, you know, I read uh, on that uh, a business guy writing an article recently saying that businesses, and it's not just COVID, but since the developments of smartphones particularly and social media, he says businesses are struggling in many ways with empathy and relational connections within the organisation that often affects their business. He talked about um, one bank that he consulted with, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's like a futurist, clever you know, business consultant guy, and he um, had a bank and you know they've got lenders and you may have had this in your personal loan experience where you meet someone and they say, yeah, it should be okay, but they don't get to make the decision. There's this mob out in the back room called credit or the approvals team or someone and they're looking just at spreadsheets of numbers and saying yes, no to the loans. And this bank had all these small business loans uh, struggling. Some of them were falling over and they weren't writing as, no, as much business as, as they'd like. So they're losing some of the loans, defaulting, as well as not getting as many as they'd like. And he got into it and he, he basically ended up getting the credit, the backroom people out there into the marketplace and, they, and he made them meet with the potential clients. So they went to the place of business and when they were there, it wasn't just numbers, it was like, oh, I'm getting the vibe, I'm meeting the people, I'm understanding in this place what this business is all about. He went back in a year and they found that the default loans had practically halved and the new business loans had practically doubled. And it was all because the decision makers were connecting in a real way with a real place, with real people. And, uh, and of course, we know that you know, as best we can, we do relationships online and all that stuff. But there's nothing like being in the same place as someone. And there, Jacob goes, hey, this is awesome. This place, you know, what does he say? Um, well, he says two things. He says, wow, um, what's the first verse? We'll go back to verse 16. Look, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place. I wasn't even aware of it. Well, Guilty as charged. I don't know about you, but I, I, I'm, I'm sure there have been times when the Lord's there and I'm just not aware of it. You know, I mean, God's omnipresent. It's just our awareness of his presence that lacks, yeah? You know, and so we want to lean into that. We want to appreciate that. Uh, and then look at the other thing he says. How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. So that place, it's about 20 kilometres north of Jerusalem. And he called it Bethel, which means house of God. And, uh, and, you know, there are places and churches and ministries that have used that name. Bethel Church in America has become popular, well-known in the last few years. Um, and so this place is the house of God. And he appreciates that. And, of course, fast forward to the New Testament, the church, well, we know the church is in a building, but we do know that there is a place that happens when the people of God gather together. Because Jesus said, I'll be there. You gather in my name. I'll be there in that place. So the church, we know that it's made up of individual relationships with God, but not separate, not just a personal relationship. We become the church when we gather together. We make this place happen. And again, it doesn't have to be in a particular building. 
And sometimes people have put so much emphasis on the buildings, you've got beautiful architecture, but maybe where's the Holy Spirit gone? You know, and what's, what's this place become? Maybe sadly it's just more of a museum. And we, you know, want to lean always into having, yeah, sure, good facilities, but more importantly, having that sense of, oh, in this place, something's happening. This is an awesome place because he's an encounter with God. This is the house of God. This is a sense where, oh yeah, God's our father and there's relationships and this. And I just, I, I feel so strongly that God wants people, his people primarily and initially, but others also to come and rediscover and reappreciate how awesome is this place. And of course, today it's a little easier because we're like, oh, this is fresh. This is new. Oh, we're back again, you know, church. Yeah. But it's very easy, you know, familiarity when you get used to something for a long time. Breeds contempt goes the phrase. You know, you can easily take things for granted when you have them over and over again. Word of God, salvation, relationship with God, your spouse, your kids, your job, you know, stuff that is a regular thing in your life. Sometimes you've got to just, you know, kind of remind yourself that didn't hurt nearly as much as the last slap that I got. Just reminded me, where's Bethany? Helping Bethany move into the house. She comes up to me, slaps me. Get your head in the game. As a joke. Anyway, it was just a funny moment. She goes, come on, Chris, get your head in the game. We're all moving boxes everywhere. And anyway, she hit me harder than she meant to, I think. (laughs) Slap. I was like, okay, Bethany. Anyway, um, but... So, you know, he says, okay, so I mentioned this recently. The word awesome really gets overused. Like, this chocolate's awesome. You know, oh, the surf was awesome. No, the chocolate was delicious. The surf was really good, you know. But, but he says, this is awesome. And to be in awe of something is awesome. As in, there's a fine line between fear. In fact, in that passage, if you look up the Hebrew with Strong's Concordance, you don't have to be a Hebrew scholar, but you can look up a concordance and they'll tell you. The same word is used for afraid and awesome. It's the same Hebrew word. So it's like, you know, they talk about the fear of God and people think, oh, okay, fire and brimstone, God's angry with me. No, no, no. There's a very healthy sense of the fear of God. It's, it's a good thing to be appreciative. Wow. God is to be feared. Not that he's going to kill you and you've got to run away from him, you know, but to be incredibly respected. In fact, the, uh, I think the, if you look up Strong's, the direct literal translation of that Hebrew word is uh, morally reverent, to be incredibly reverent to, to God. Wow. And isn't it funny, in Scripture, whenever an angel appears, what happens? They're representing God and whatever, whenever they appear, people fall flat on their face and it says, and they were afraid. But then it's really funny because have you noticed what then happens? The angel always says, don't be afraid. It's like God says, be afraid. Actually, don't be afraid. No, but still be afraid. Don't be afraid that way, but be afraid this way. I, you know, I don't know about you, but I can imagine just an angel Oh, I hit the deck. I'm lying there. Oh, God, what have I done? You know, oh, and he goes, don't be afraid. And, and surely you think, you feel like saying, well, God, with respect, could you make up your mind? What is it? You know, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I mean, if you don't want me to be afraid, why this messenger? Why this holy, maybe a little puppy dog? You know, that would have been, 
and not very afraid kind of way, or go knock on the door, you know, open the door, hello, nice little man, do you have solar panels? Oh, and I've got a message from God, you know, okay, oh wow, that is, you know, I'm not afraid then, but isn't it funny, you see, am I the only one, don't you know what I mean, it's like angels, afraid, don't be afraid, okay, but it's like God, quite, quite happy, like remember the Peter series, Ananias and Sapphira, and I mentioned how 60 Minutes would have loved that current affair, you know, because, you know, um, church pastor kills people for not bringing sufficient offering. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, parishioners drop dead by not giving enough, you know, just uh, because, you know, you remember the story, they go in and they had claimed to give all the money for their property sale and it wasn't that they didn't give money, it's that they lied to the Holy Spirit. Peter says so, bam, they dropped dead. And then after that it says, great fear came upon the church. And again, you think, well, is that a good thing? Peter might have been concerned. God, what, what, what's going on here? You know, this is not very attractive to bring the message. But no, it's, it's a reminder that, hey, this is important to the point that people will die if they don't get it right. It's awesome and it's special and it's not just a club. It's not just a little add-on to Jewish customs and we just got another group. I mean, clubs and groups are great. A lot of people are probably meeting together now again with their, you know, surf club and their macrame appreciation society or their cyclist death wish group on the Pacific Highway. You know, there's all kinds of clubs you can join and that's fine. Um, but, but hey, the church, how awesome. This is not just a club. You know, this, we gather around the most high God. We're worshipping the Alpha, the Omega, the, the bright morning star, the beginning of the end, the, the saviour of the world. It's awesome in the true sense of the word. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, and you've got to forgive me. Like I said, I didn't really make notes. So if, I, if I'm a little lost, I'm not quite... If, look, worst case scenario, I start repeating myself. And you can just sort of... You could just maybe lead me off and the band could start playing a worship song, like the Academy Awards, you know, where they sort of awkwardly just take it. Um, so uh, you're still with me? Because there's, you know, and so there's, the church isn't, isn't just a club, like I said, it's a prison. And the place, he says, how awesome is this place? I mean, again, there's all kind of places you can go. Restaurants are back on. Man, we've been to a lot of restaurants in the last... 10 days or whatever it's been and it's great but it's not life-changing it's not you know like you it's it's I nearly said awesome it's really good <laughs> you know in that you, you know you don't have to cook and prepare you have great company eat a great meal pay the bill walk away no washing up wow that's great but it doesn't make you go now I'm fulfilled. I've discovered something important for my life. I'm really feeling satisfied deep in my soul. It's like, no, the food was nice. And sometimes, you know, you can wait for things. Oh, we're going to go back to restaurants. Yeah. And you go to the restaurant. It's like, yeah, it was okay. <laughs> but it's, it doesn't really hit the spot deep in your spirit. But you go to church, you can discover the meaning of life. You can discover the one who created you, who loved you. You can be born again and set on the pathway to heaven. You can sort out how to live life, get a career, purpose, destiny, relationships. You know how to raise your kids properly. I mean, our kids are doing all right. I'm not going to blow my trumpet here, but, you know, we've 
got kids who have married well, who are following the Lord, who are, you know, getting on in life, and we don't take all the credit. It's the house of God. Part, all right, we'll take a little bit of credit, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, smacking them. Uh, you know, and, and, and loving them. Uh, you know, but so, you know, we, we figured out a few things along the way. But I tell you what, there's an atmosphere, there's a place, and you do your research. You go to any local half-decent church and you find people who have been in that church for a long period of time raising their kids, like the Cherkovs here, Sarah, you know, multi-generations of kids in the house of God. There's a covering and anointing. There's people with wisdom and advice and it's, it's awesome. It really does help, you know, and uh, in so many parts of your life. It is a place of purpose and destiny and personal growth and blessing and satisfaction from serving and so many things. And, uh, and I'll tell you one other thing, which is really only two points I've got or two scriptures, you know, that the, 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 the awesomeness of the gathering, the house of God. But the other thing is, um, that comes to mind is David knew all about this. King David, because he loved the house of God and he wrote about it. And is it Psalm 122? There it is. Look, verse 1 of Psalm 122. David says, I was glad, or I rejoiced in the NIV. I was glad when they said to me, come, let us go to the house of the Lord. Now, he rejoiced because he knew this is really cool. He had everything as the king of the most prosperous kingdom on earth at the time, he had everything the world could offer. So he had the, you know, Ferrari chariot. No, he had a, what's the car? What's the, Tesla. Killing, I met a guy last night, talked to him about his Tesla. He's very, yeah, he gave me, he practically gave me a test ride. He was so keen to, he only had it for two weeks. He's raving about Tesla. He's going on about, you know, well, David had the latest whatever, you know, of that time. And, um, and yet he rejoiced not about that stuff and not about his military accomplishments. He rejoiced because he could go to the house of the Lord. You know, it's like, wow, because he was spiritually attuned. The Bible says he had a heart after God, a man with a heart after God, a heart that was in tune with God. It was going beyond like that word that Alan brought, not just caught up with the world, but aware of a supernatural world, a, 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 an eternal kingdom, not just a temporary kingdom. And that's our constant challenge, especially in the Western world, isn't it? Because there's so much stuff that we can enjoy. Even in lockdown, <laughs> you can still go to the beach. That's pretty cool. It's the best world's best free playground for little kids and big kids. You know, it's amazing. And we've got the bush here, the beach there, the sun up here. Soil to grow a garden down there, you know, man. It's, you know, there's a lot to live and enjoy life, and and uh, but we just we just got to go a little deeper and realise, yeah, but there's a spiritual aspect of life, and and the the physical aspect that's temporary, but the spiritual side of life is going on forever. I got to figure that out, and David did, and that's why he said, I was glad, I'm rejoicing, and notice the next bit, when who, when when what happened, when they said to me. Let's go to the house of God. So who's they? Somebody who's excited and inviting David to go to the house of God. And so you can see where I'm going with this. I see that and think, oh God, let me be one of those they. We need to be the they that says, hey, let's go to the house of God. 
because, you know, more than just nice music, friendly people and a coffee. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's all good. But, you know, it's, it's awesome. There's something really special. Like I said, it's beyond just the normal club. It's just, I mean, I don't, I don't want to upset you, but God doesn't care which footy team you go for. I know, I know. Although, speaking of angelic encounters, I must say an angel appeared to me once. I noticed he wasn't just white. He was kind of maroon and white. And, you know, feathers, I've always got feathers. I'm sure they were sea eagle feathers. Anyway, um, okay, I may have gone beyond the bounds just then of what you would normally call truth. So <laughs> we'll just cut that out of the message, okay? That may have just been a little, a little exaggeration. But, you know... So David's glad with all the stuff that's going on, all the, all the clubs and all the groups and all the things he could have done. Oh no, it's the house of God. And I really believe, you know, when you appreciate something, you enthuse about it and you tell other people about it. You, you can't help yourself, you know, like I'll talk to people, they want to know what kind of motorbike to buy. I love it. I, I'm aware of the market, what suits whoever and let's talk motorbikes. Gelato, get me on to gelato. I'll tell you the best places to get gelato you know and but there are some areas I don't know anything about I'm not very good with cooking but some people will be oh you want to talk about cakes talk to Harriet you know she if she didn't do anything else in our office and she does praise the Lord but if she did nothing else just coming most Tuesdays with a cake I don't know how Edgar you have stayed in such good shape honestly I don't know you must be like a secret marathon runner who runs around the streets all night doing 20, 40K runs or something to run off all the syrupy, beautiful cake. Anyway, so you get someone who knows about, you know, cooking or whatever, and they, they'll enthuse, they'll instruct, because it's personal experience. They know about it. They've, you know, drones. You want to know about drones? <laughs> you know, it's like, what's... You can learn, you know, they race drones. They mean in Chris, you know, they, and all kinds of camera footage that you get. So there are so many areas of life. But hey, one thing that we should have all in common is an enthusiasm about the Lord and about his house. And so let us be those that say, hey, let's go to the house of God. I think we should be confident about inviting people into the house of God. When people, even if they don't know it, they need Jesus. You know, that's the challenge, isn't it? People are like, oh no, church, they got some image, the motorbike guys that I ride with, the Stories they tell sometimes about their experiences of church and, you know, it's so sad, so frustrating. And, um, and you just want them to know that, look, of course there's no perfect church. And we've got, you know, individual issues, personality, conflict and, you know, no one's perfect and no church is perfect. Ah, but we have a perfect father who works stuff out and it's still awesome. And so... Um, you know, we should be passionate advocates for the local church, the bride of Christ. I tell you what really upsets God, and, and it ticks me off too, to be honest, is when Christians say, I still love the Lord, but I, but I can't go to church, or I don't like church. Now, I'm not trying to be too harsh, because I know some people have been through some terrible stuff, but Jesus loves his church, and if we love Jesus, then we will love his church. We will find a way forward to get over whatever hurt has come and not let the devil win. You hear me? It's, 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 it's not, it's not a, a good place to settle on. I understand people are on journeys and they may have been really hurt and they've lost trust, and they, but they need to 
keep working through that to get to the point where they can say, I've rediscovered a love for the house of God. And it was hard. And I, I met a man the other day who, he, he went through a terrible scandal in a, in a church. It was the worst scandal in that movement's history of churches. In financial failure, people lost houses. This guy lost his business, lost his marriage and all that. And he's a, he's a worshipper of Jesus. He's in a great church. He's got, he remarried, got more children, prosperous business, smile on his face, loves the Lord. I said, well, good on you. That's fantastic because what you've been through, some people sadly just don't, don't get over it, don't get through it. He said, oh, but God's good. God's good. And I just realised, he said, I got a revelation that God isn't the church. The church isn't perfect, but God is. And so I'll put up with the church in order to keep worshipping God. And he's rediscovered and refound his way. Let me just finish with a story I heard on a podcast. And I encourage you, you know, these days there's so many good podcasts. Preachers like, oh, you know, you name them, you know, there's lots of good preachers. Um, but Greg Laurie, if you haven't heard Greg Laurie, he's a great American preacher. Judas Smith, of course, he's a lot of good preachers. But there's other podcasts. Eleanor got us onto one a while ago. And it's this uh, secular American Jewish smart guy, Jonathan Goldstein, heavyweight, and he interviews people. And, uh, and he interviewed a guy, and it started off with this bloke's story of how he, had he had, as a young man, wanted to be called to the ministry. Uh, and he started off, uh, before he went to theological school, uh, he started off as a chaplain, as a young man, in a children's uh, hospital. And then one night he had an experience that just rocked his life completely and it was a three-year-old boy that was brought in with horrific burns. There'd been a, a fire in the backyard that got out of control and the dad ran to call and the kid got caught up in the fire, it got terrible burns and the medical staff was so shaken they were in tears and they said to this young chaplain, he won't survive the night, he's going to die. And the chaplain, the young guy, sat with the family all night until his shift ended in the morning. So he left and when he came back, the boy wasn't there. And he didn't follow it up, but he assumed that the boy had died. But, it, but he wasn't quite sure and it, it niggled away. It rocked his faith. He didn't pursue a calling in the ministry. He said he didn't really have the same faith in God that he had had before. And yet, strangely, he prayed every night for this boy for 20 years, not knowing if he was alive or not. He ended up becoming a writer, a famous writer, and he would write into his novels stories that reflected on this experience about children suffering terminal illness or people questioning what life's all about or facing death and all that. And it was a constant thing. And he said he found himself without a really strong faith, yet still praying for this boy and always wondering whatever happened to him. 20 years later, this guy that runs a radio program helps people sort of dig up their past and revisit and reconnect with people and all that. So he follows him. He reaches out. He remembered the boy's name. It's a very unusual surname. Looked him up, found out that he had survived. He was alive, found him on Facebook, contacted him, and then they meet. So get this. The boy survives the night, has all these terrible injuries, goes through therapy. It's really hard on him and his family. And what happens? A friend of the family invites them to church and there they meet the Lord and this man who's now 24 this little baby that survived little boy is studying his master's degree an MBA he's got this great life he's survived 
and he ends up practically preaching to the original guy that couldn't be the chaplain that lost his faith because part of the whole chaplain's journey was, oh, how could God allow suffering? Well, this young guy now is basically telling him how God allowed suffering and how it's okay and God's sovereign and he had just, it is what it is and he handles it and trusts God and we all came to Christ and my family are just going on for God and he just, and the guy's hosting the show, they're all getting this and this guy, this is a secular radio program, but the guy's just preaching. He's just saying, oh, well, I discovered the grace of God and that Jesus loves me and has got salvation planned for everybody. And I'm like, preach it, mate. You know, and, it's, and I just thought, how awesome was that place when they walked in to that church when someone said, this family are doing it really tough. Why don't we just invite them to church? And I thought, man, what a great story. So come on, let's come to a close. And, um, and I just, you know, we don't have necessarily such a dramatic encounter like Jacob did. But you can have supernatural encounters that aren't uh, spectacular. You know, we can have spiritual truth without it being uh, wild and historically memorable like Jacob's. So we can still have an appreciation of the house of God and still run with that understanding how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is a gateway to heaven. Not just for us, but for others. And so let's appreciate that, yeah? And let's be those that say, come on, let's go to the house of God. Come on, let's pray. Father God, we thank you. Oh God, I pray for a passion for you, for your ways and for your house and that we would continue to live with that and share that and shine your light in this time, in this world, in this season. That the, Lord, we want to be beacons of light and hope and help people discover Jesus as their Lord and Saviour, not joining with the whinges or the fearful or the angry about this or that or about COVID or what the government's doing or not doing. Lord, we want to we be known like those that say, come, let's go to the house of God and invite people to consider the claims of Christ and to come into the house of God. We love you. We love your house, Lord. We love your the brothers and sisters we have around us. You know, if you're watching today or if you're here today physically, you know, if you don't know Jesus personally, I want to encourage you to give your life to Him. Surrender your life into His hands. I'll pray a prayer with you if you like, right down here. Or if you're at home, you can pray a very simple prayer. Just say, God, I'm sorry. I've lived my life my way. It hasn't worked out. But Jesus, I turn from that. I repent from that. I'm turning to you. Forgive me. Save me, help me and ask him to come into your heart. Come and lead your life and he'll do that. And then join a good church like this one and start reading the Bible and start praying, just talking to God. That's the beginning of the best life you could ever have. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We want to keep following you and serving you. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.